It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 18th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, coming to you today on a Thursday. And I'm using a radio voice for some reason. I apologize for that. I like to use my radio voice on the intro. If you want to hear more of my radio voice or hear my Twitter voice, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And as I have all week, I'll remind you all that if you have not done so already, be sure to check out Locked On Jaguars as your, or Duvall's, or someone's, Jacksonville Jaguars. Take on the New England Patriots up at Gillette Stadium. Uh, AFC Championship game, of course, and the NFL playoffs. I'll have a little bit more on that in a little bit. But the uh, uh, be sure to follow Locked On Jaguars. You can find them on iTunes as well to check out their great Jaguars coverage, just like we do here on Locked On Magic. They cover the Jaguars every day, all the ins and outs, and it is a big week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So be sure to check that out. And of course, you can, I guess you could follow Locked On Patriots or you could follow any NBA team or NFL team on the Locked On Podcast Network. On today's show, we're going to talk all about the Magic's game coming up today, uh, tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that the Magic have surprisingly matched up well against, but we'll talk a little bit more about what to expect when the Magic take on the Cavaliers. We'll also discuss what happened Tuesday night as Aaron Aflalo spoke for the first time regarding the fight. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll make some statements about what that fight meant to the team, uh, spiritually, so to speak. And then I'll finish off by talking a little bit more about Kem Birch and what he did Tuesday night, uh, as I don't think I got to Kem Birch enough. And we all love Kem Birch. Kem Birch is the best. Um, about uh, and he, you know, he's the backup quarter. He's got the backup quarterback syndrome, and, and he delivered. So he is everyone's favorite player right now. But let's start with the Magic taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight at Quicken Loans Arena, seven o'clock. On Fox Sports Florida, the Magic start a two-game road trip against two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. They'll start against the struggling Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that the last time out against the Golden State Warriors on, I think it was, I think they last played Monday. Let me double-check that real fast. But against the Golden State Warriors, they took a little bit of a lead. They looked like, oh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are back. They're doing calves things. And then the Warriors did Warriors things. And leaving that game, Leaving that game, there were reports coming out that the Cavaliers are, you know, fracturing a little bit. That there, there, there's some questions about uh, about whether they believe things can work. That that you know, that there's that storyline going around. That there's players with different agendas. Uh, all all these things that suggest a team that is struggling a little bit right now. The Cavaliers have indeed struggled a little bit over the last couple games. Uh, they were 23-8 and at one point. December 17th, they beat the Washington Wizards. They're 23-8. They have won just three of their last 12 games. They're currently on 
a four-game losing streak. In fact, the Cavaliers' last win came at Orlando January 6th, the 131-127 victory. Cleveland has not won since that game, and that includes a 127-99 shellacking last Monday at Minnesota and a 133-99 beatdown in Toronto on January 11th. Also, a two-point loss to the Pacers where the Cavaliers had a 21-point lead. This is not a case of Cleveland not playing well for 48 minutes or playing well for stretches in 48 minutes. This is still a devastating Cleveland team. They still got that guy wearing number 23 in LeBron James. They've still got a lot of really good players in Kevin Love and Isaiah Thomas, who's slowly working his way back into things. They've still got a devastating offense, scoring 109.9 points per 100 possessions. But for a 26-17 team, this Cleveland team is really struggling. And right now, it's all coming on the defensive end. Cleveland is giving up 109.4 points per 100 possessions, the third worst mark in the league. In fact, the Cavaliers have a worse defense than the Magic. And despite all this, despite their 26-17 and 17 record, Cavaliers have a plus .5 net rating. That is essentially the middle of the league. Again, if you've listened to me and had me explain net rating to you, net rating is just the difference between offensive and defensive rating. But many stat heads or people that like to look at these stats believe net rating is a better indicator of how good a team is. So according to net rating... The Cavaliers are playing no better than the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Bucks, the Pelicans, the Sixers. The Cavaliers are essentially playing like a 500 team. Now, we know they're not a 500 team. This is where the stats do lie. You do have to actually watch these games and watch these teams. Yes, Cleveland is integrating a lot of new pieces. And yes, Cleveland's defense is terrible. But they still got LeBron James. And he is still devastating. And he can beat just about anyone almost by himself on occasion. And so this is a still a dangerous and difficult matchup for Orlando. Yes, Orlando's played Cleveland well. They blew him out up in Cleveland. second ga- Third game of the season. Yes, Orlando made a really great comeback in the fourth quarter to make it a game and nearly upset the Cavaliers a few weeks ago. So Orlando has some good experiences against Cleveland so far this year. This is, this is a team that Orlando does get up for and play with a ton of focus. And yes, Orlando is playing extremely well the last two games. Not a huge sample size. Last two games, the offense has played pretty well and uh, and, and has moved the ball really well. And if they do that, they will, they will score plenty of points on the Cleveland Cavaliers because Cleveland will give up points and plenty of them. And so the question then becomes, for the Magic, are they going to have enough to actually get the win? Are they going to make the plays down the stretch to get the win? Are they going to bury them again like they did way back when, when the Magic were a completely different team with a completely different outlook on the season? What's going to happen when Cleveland makes their devastating run, which they will make at some point in this game? Like I've said a million times already, Orlando's got to focus on themselves and less on their opponent. But Cleveland's going to challenge them. Cleveland's going to make things very difficult for them. And Cleveland is desperate for a win, too. That could be a very dangerous, dangerous place for Orlando to be in. Should be an interesting one, of course. The Magic are playing a lot better. Uh, They've definitely definitely earned some respect and earned a little bit of, you know, I kind of like where they're going. 
But Orlando's got to lock down the glass here. That's a big thing that Orlando struggled with throughout the entire season. If they can lock down the glass, limit Cleveland to one opportunity, get out to the three-point shooters especially, they have a real chance to win this game. They just beat a very good Minnesota team on Tuesday. They're feeling very good about themselves. Can't feel too good about yourself, though. And we'll see if the Magic can eke out a victory up there in Cleveland. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock at Quicken Loans Arena. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyone around the country is talking about the is talking about the Orlando Magic. It's very kind of odd to say that. And it's not because they defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're talking about them because, of course, what happened on the court in the second quarter. I, I, I'm sure I mentioned it last night and, and mentioned it passingly about what that did for the team and, the, ener- and the, the different energy it brought to the team and kind of symbolically what it meant. But let's make no bones about it. Aaron Aflalo crossed a line on, in Tuesday's game. You don't turn around and swing at a guy. Jim Peterson, the color analyst for the Minnesota Timberwolves, called it a punk move. And Jim Peterson is 100% correct. That's not homerism. Whatever Nemanja Bialica did to get under Aaron Aflalo's skin, how Aaron Aflalo reacted is inexcusable. The league has not yet brought down a penalty for Aaron Aflalo. I suspect he will be suspended for for Thursday's game. I suspect that will not be the only game he is suspended for. The NBA has a very zero-tolerance policy towards these kinds of things. And when the Magic convened for practice on Wednesday, Aaron Afalo, uh, Frank Vogel said Aaron Afalo apologized to his teammates for not being there for them, for letting them down, for losing his temper, and by all accounts seemed pretty contrite. We know Aaron Aflalo pretty well. We know that this isn't something he does. He's usually a very measured, very calm guy. Fiery. Like there's an intensity about him, but very calm guy. And so this is completely out of character for him. And he recognized that as he met with the media on Wednesday after this incident. No, it's an unfortunate incident, you know, just competitive nature. Um, An isolated incident within a particular, but... Uh, you know, very proud of my teammates. They stayed composed, and through all of that, they put up a great fight. And uh, uh, regardless if the energy was sparked from that, um, us getting a win last night and showing some fight figuratively, mm-hmm. and for me literally, but for them figuratively was, was a great thing. And that's how Aaron took it, of course. Is, is yeah, Yes, he took personal responsibility for what he, for what he did. It's not the way you want to handle it. Don't want things to escalate that much to that level. You don't want to uh, do something that puts your teammates in harm or puts your teammates behind yourself. And 
that seemed to be the message that Aaron had as, as, as he apologized to his teammates and as he responded to, to, to what happened. But there was definitely a different energy about that. The pun was easy to make. Evan Fournier said after the game that, yes, what Aaron Aflalo did, as misguided as it was, did give the team a little bit of a lift. Did give it a different energy. Kind of showed that they do have a little bit of edge to them. And honestly, that's been something that's been missing from this Magic team this year. It's a little bit of an edge. I talked about yesterday after the game about how the Magic got energy from different places and was it was players doing the little things. But it also does make some sense to say that yes, the Magic needed a little bit of an edge. Needed a little bit of that kind of teetering on insanity almost. That des- that that tinge of desperation, that tinge of of you've got something of mine and I'm going to take it by any means necessary. That's been missing. And whenever Follow turned around to 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 not take whatever it was by Elitza was dishing out to him. Again, handled it completely wrong. But standing up for himself, standing up for his teammates, that's something the Magic needed. And so if there is some minute positive to take, that would be it, wouldn't it? That Orlando finally got the fight. And when Aaron Afalo went down or, or, or took himself out of the game, essentially, the Magic had his back. Ken Birch had Maurice Spates back when he was out. The Magic were going to scratch and claw for that game. They were going to fight and claw for that game. And somehow they found a way to win it. Because, you know, I don't think we should ever get in fights. But, um, you know, I like that we, uh, we played with physicality. And, you know, the play started with a physical box out which is what I've been begging our guys to do. So uh, I was proud of that part of it. You know, we just don't want to basketball. And so that should put things to bed. It happened. It shouldn't have happened. It went to a point that it shouldn't have gotten to. Aaron Follow will serve whatever punishment the NBA doles out for him and will move on. The enduring lesson of it, though, is... The Magic needed that little bit of spark. They needed that that willingness sometimes to, to, to physically display their frustration boiling over and their statement of, we're not taking this anymore. We're going to put our foot down. We're going to put our foot down and not allow another team to roll over us. And in the last two games against Washington and Minnesota, the Magic have played considerably better. Not perfect. Obviously, they lost against Washington. Still a lot of things they need to clean up. But the Magic decided they weren't, they weren't going to roll over. And in this crude fashion, 
the Magic stood up and fought for themselves. Finally. You know, the, the NFL playoffs are here. We're in the, we're in the championship games round. We're, you know, we're almost to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I'm sure all of you are seeing Jaguars plus nine and thinking, Blake Bortles is my good place. And I'm going to bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, then I need to tell you guys about mybookie.ag, the number one rated online sports book. With your fantasy football season over, the only way to use your sports knowledge to win cash is by, beat, is by betting and beating the bookie, I guess, at MyBookie. The sports book that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They have odds on everything, live betting, and an all-new prop builder. That's right. You can create your own bet slips. Bet how you want. You want to bet that Blake Bortles will throw an interception in his first five passes? There you go. You can make that bet. They will give you odds on that. You bet... You can bet from your desktop, tablet, or on their world-class mobile site that lets you bet anytime, anywhere. MyBookie offers the fastest, no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, that's LOCKEDONNBA, when making your account. Visit MyBookie.ag today and bet on the internet's favorite sportsbook where you play, you win, and you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One of the big talking points coming out of Tuesday's win was Ken Birch, a guy that I talked to kind of peripherally uh, in my conversation, but I wanted to bring out a little bit more about Ken Birch uh, and, and really what he did in, in Tuesday's game. The first thing that has to be said, and, and Ken Birch would agree with this, is that it's just one game. A lot of people were... You know, I get I get the overreactions on Twitter all the time. People were saying, you know, between Ken Birch and Bismack Biombo, why do we even need Nikola Vucevic? Ken Birch should start over Bismack Biombo. Slow everything down just a bit. Ken Birch played one really exceptional game. Has not done it twice. But having said that, for several weeks now, a lot of us on the Orlando Magic Daily staff, a lot of Magic observers have known, have, have said and called for a bit of a change with the rotation. And Ken Birch has been pointed at as someone that needed his opportunity. Someone that needed a chance to go out and show what he could do and just mix things up. Because what we saw in the preseason is very much who Ken Birch is. He's someone who's active around the basket. Goes after rebounds. Sometimes too overzealously. Doesn't do much offensively except for putbacks, but can catch a pass cleanly and dunk the ball uh, and will keep the ball moving. Knows his role extremely well. He's not your normal rookie because, of course, he played for a few years at least over in EuroLeague for Olympiacos last year, reaching the semifinals of EuroLeague. So Birch was kind of groomed for this, was kind of groomed for this opportunity. And 
Frank Vogel said from the moment he stepped into training camp last year, said this after Tuesday's game, that he knew Ken Birch was an NBA player. Wasn't a G League player, he was an NBA player. The G League has helped him a lot because when Birch played in those early days, in those early games, he was still very raw. It was clear he was still getting used to the speed of the NBA. And even in points this season, he's looked that way. Like he's just a little bit late on rotations. He's a little too overzealous trying to foul, trying to just make things happen. And again, the Magic maybe needed that element of just making things happen. But things have slowed down considerably for Birch. If Tuesday is any indication of what Birch can do, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 4 blocks, then Birch has certainly grown a lot from the beginning, from training camp and from the beginning of the season. This is a guy who, for his entire collegiate career, pro career, has built his name on defense. This is a guy who has built his his name on understanding his role and playing that role. Understanding his limitations and playing within those limitations. This is a guy who understands that his minutes come because he plays harder than anyone else. And that's what Birch did Tuesday night. To me, the most impressive play that Birch had the entire game it wasn't that come-from-behind block on Carl Anthony Towns that said he sent the ball, you know, careening into the into the uh, out-of-bounds line, into the crowd. That was not the most impressive play to me. Most impressive play to me came in the second half when he slid over and stood vertically and took contact from Carl Anthony Towns and didn't give an inch, making it hard for Towns to score and get a clean shot. That stop to me was a bigger deal for Birch, about Birch. So it showed he had an understanding of when to go for the block, when to rotate over, when to stand his ground, and when to make that kind of a defensive play. Birch is a very, very good player. Is a very good player. I mean, I, I think I mean, those of us who when the Magic said they were signing him and, and that those reports came out and we started and I started looking at him, I was like, oh, this guy does have something. This isn't just some throwaway signing. I was confused why he even wanted to sign in Orlando because he wouldn't have the opportunity to play. But Birch said this best on Thursday, on on Wednesday, sorry. He's a patient person. He knew his time would come. And when that time came, he was going to take advantage of the opportunity. Entering the game on Tuesday, Birch had played 21 minutes this season. 21 minutes total. And scored a total of 8 points and 5 rebounds. In the game Tuesday night, he had a double-double in 18 minutes. He took advantage of the opportunity. And, of course, his teammates were very happy for him, and, and, and even Bo Spates, who, who was excited to give him that opportunity, really.
And so Birch delivered on a big stage, delivered with the energy, the intensity. He was Ken Birch. And it seems like now Ken Birch will get his opportunity. He's going to make Frank Vogel's job very hard and force him to make a decision on who to play between Spates and Birch every night now. And right now, Birch is certainly the guy. You play really well. And that's, that's, that's what you ask of your guys, you know, when you do get an opportunity. Now it's, now it's your job to make sure I keep you in the lineup. You know, don't give me any choice or make my, my decisions difficult. And, uh, you know, he certainly has done that. So he earned uh, another opportunity. And Birch did take advantage of his first chance. Looks like he will get a second chance. And we'll see exactly what Birch can do because it's easy to play well once, especially when no one knows who you are in the NBA. It's a lot more difficult to do it twice and then do it again and again and again. We'll see exactly what Ken Birch is made of, made of if, and sounds like he will, if he plays Thursday night in Cleveland. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. The Orlando Magic will take on the Cleveland Cavaliers at Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Be sure to tune in on Fox Sports Florida. We'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.